Well, hello, I'm Doug Apple, back with another special interview for you today. What in the world is going on in Washington, D.C.? I know you're probably asking that question every day, but there's a new article that came out saying this, that the city loses one third of worship places. We're on the line here with Mike Sharman of Share Healthcare. He's the legal counsel and he lives in the Washington, D.C. area. So, Mike, we're going to talk to you about this, but uh, here's some quotes from this article. One of them says, worship attendance had dwindled. That little phrase, I'm thinking, no kidding. Worship attendance had dwindled. This is in Washington, D.C. Here's another quote from this article. 33% of religious congregations in the district have sold their worship spaces since 2008. That's a one-third drop in places to worship. Then another quote from the article lost an average of 17 worship places annually since 2008. So in other words, around Washington, D.C., churches are closing at the rate of 17 a year. And meanwhile, this this is while the population of Washington, D.C. has increased. So more and more people in Washington, D.C., fewer and fewer places to go to church. What does it mean? What's happening here? And is there something that we need to be thinking about? Because what's happening in the big cities today ends up spreading out throughout the whole country over time, it seems. So, Mike Sharman, I know this is hot on your mind. What are your thoughts on this? And we as Christians, we as the church, what do we need to think about it? What do we need to do about it? Well, you know, in Revelation, it was to the church that Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock. It wasn't unbelievers, it was to the church. And he was saying, you know, y'all haven't really wanted to be intimate with me. Hmm. Uh, And if you want to fellowship with me, I'm here. Um, But you have to open the door. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really instructive to us, the body of Christ in the United States, that our nation's capital has had a good, solid increase in population as an urban area. That's kind of unusual right now in this era. Uh, But it's had an increase in population, like you said, 11%. And yet it's lost one-third of its churches. One-third. Well, why is that? Well, if if ever there's a fleshly place, it's Washington, D.C. If ever there's a place where there's pride as a uh, social perceived as a social good, it's Washington, D.C. Uh, if ever there's a place where class and race distinctions uh, are predominant, it's Washington, D.C. All those things that um, work are not spiritual. And so what is supposed to be the, the cure for that? Well, Christ is supposed to be the cure. But if we're paying more attention to those things than we are to um, to the things of of the spirit. If we're paying more attention to how can we get ahead, uh, how can we meet the people in the class next to us? If we're paying more attention to that than we're paying attention to the unity of the body of Christ, then we're going to lose. Uh, and in that article, it mentions that Saint Philip's Baptist Church sold for $3.2 million. And a uh, LGBTQ, et cetera, nightclub that had closed down 
now is going to open up in that church. And that's the, uh, it, that, that nightclub, that gay nightclub had been, when it was open, it had been the, what the article said is the city's largest gay entertainment hub. And now it's going to be in that, uh, St. Philip's Baptist Church. If that's not a indictment against the, the body of Christ in DC and in the United States, I don't know what is. You know, and the symptoms of that, uh, are interesting when you look at the history of that church. I mean, it's a gorgeous church. You're pretty classic, urban, red brick, beautiful church. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was first, uh, set up as an African American church. And, um, then it was a Methodist Episcopal church. Then in the twenties, it was sold to a full gospel assembly of God. Then in the thirties, it was sold to Bethel Pentecostal church. Um, and then it was sold to St. Philip's Baptist church in 1948. And then, as I mentioned, developers bought it. Okay. So how is that instructive? What we heard was a history of division, color division, denomination division. And these churches sold because the congregations were dwindling. And yet also within that article, it talks about startup churches needing to meet here or there uh, because they can't afford a church. Mm-hmm. Well, what we need as the cure to this is repentance in the church and revival in the church. Remember, revival is not for the unbelievers. Revival is wake up church. And then we need unity in the church, church with a capital C. So we had something at a much smaller scale here in the town where my office is, Culpeper, Virginia. We'd had an earthquake um, that in these older historic downtowns throughout Virginia, that earthquake that we'd had a while back really shook up a lot of these older buildings. And there was a church that was here that had a relatively small congregation. It was, it was a, you know, a vibrant congregation, but it was relatively small. And the earthquake really hit it, hurt its building, and it was going to need a lot of renovation. So they were just closing and moving on to someplace else and really didn't know what to do with the building. Uh, so um, I asked if we could just change their, um, you know, keep their 501c3, change their board, and um, we were able to find a wealthy Christian that was willing to put the money in to renovate it. And how we dealt with the fact of, well, there's just a little small congregation. How are you going to be able to pay for this? We layered it. There are different meeting spaces. So we had four churches meeting there and a couple of Christian offices. Well, each one of these churches in D.C. could have done the exact same thing. Hmm. And if you have uh, the same issue perhaps going on in, with some of your churches there in Tallahassee, you can do the exact same thing. There's always startup churches going on that are having to meet in schools or movie theaters. Um, this article mentions about Mark Battison. He's the author of The Circle Maker and quite a few other books. Uh, he began that way. Um, the church that he has now uh, was the People's Church. It meets in a, a movie theater just right around the, the block from the Capitol, uh, the actual Capitol itself. 
we have these churches that say, well, our congregation can't afford this and we might as well sell it and, you know, use money for something else. Layer it. Don't give up that space. Don't give up the space that has been um, ordained and divined by God that so many thousands and millions of prayers, perhaps, you know, if you have a thousand people praying over um, decades, you're going to have a couple million prayers in that, that spot. Mm-hmm. Don't give it up to developers. Don't give it up to be condos. Don't give it up to be a, a LGBTQ nightclub. That's God's house. Mm. As you mentioned in the introduction, Doug, I'm, um, I'm with Share Healthcare. So how's that tie into Share Healthcare? Well, we have to exercise our spiritual muscles. We have to actually think of what are the things we can do to draw closer to the Lord in our everyday experiences? Um, what do we need to repent of and how can we be unified? Well, it, it's not unique to D.C. that they have class and color distinctions. It's not unique to D.C. that they have denominational distinctions. That's throughout the body of Christ. And so share healthcare is one of the few ways that people of, of all stripes, all colors, all denominations can join together in a cooperative joint effort to help one another and give glory to God. You know, we are a 501c3 Christian ministry whose uh, sole purpose is to assist each other with our medically necessary medical expenses. In doing that, we're able, because of the cooperative effort, Uh, And because of who and what we are, we're Christians trying to live by the word of God. Our, our, um, our mutual and individual expenses tend to be pretty low. Uh, it's 149 for a single per month, 249 for a couple, 349 for a family of four, and then $50 for each child after that. So we can see that in practical terms, when the body of Christ comes together, we have solutions to standard everyday problems, but with with share healthcare, the solution is, well, for a family of four, it's three forty nine, as opposed to right about twenty two hundred per month as the average price for insurance. Well, that's a huge practical result as a result of the church coming alive and realizing what it can do when it unifies. So, what we see in Washington D.C. with the churches kind of moving out and selling, I mean. It In one sense, on the surface, it seems like, oh, wow, we've got this building and we have maintenance and we don't have as many people in the congregation anymore. And meanwhile, you know, Mr. Developer comes along. This is a hot property in a bustling city. They're going to give us five million for it. I mean, it's hard to say. Why wouldn't you just take the money and run? Remember how offhandedly Christ treated money? Mm hmm. When one of his apostles came to him and said, hey, the, the tax collectors are wondering, do you collect tax? Are you going to pay your taxes? I told him, yeah, you were. But what are we going to do about that? And he says, oh, go fish. When you fish, you're, there's going to be this fish that pops up and it's just going to happen to have a coin in it, which just happens to be the right amount of money for you to pay your taxes. When we come to Christ, as that apostle did, when we come to Christ with our questions and our problems, he answers them. He's at the door knocking. Mm-hmm. We just have to open the door and say, well, there you are. Why don't you come on in? So the solutions for each one of these churches has been right there at the beginning. Uh, One, if you have good, solid, grounded preaching, 
you more than likely are going to have a growing con- congregation. I say more than likely because that's not necessarily going to be true for every single church. You might have a great preacher who's got a crummy location, and so people just aren't going to get to it, um, et cetera. There might be a number of different problems. But if these churches say, okay, well, we're going to break out of our denominational lines. We're, we're not going to stop being St. Philip's Baptist. But, you know, there, there might be another church here. There might be um, a Presbyterian church that is small, that is just growing. Might be a non-denominational one like Mark Batterson's when it, when it was first started. It's still non-denominational, but there might be some like that that um, we can allocate another one of our uh, spaces to. You know, a lot of these big urban churches have the main big sanctuary, and then they have a number of chapels. So you can have more than one service going on at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, that church that I mentioned um, here in Culpeper, well, it began as the first telephone switchboard um, place in the region, you know, back in the 20s. And then it's just expanded a number of different things. Well, the churches that are meeting there are different denominations meeting in different meeting spaces. A few of them at the same time, others at different times. We have the solution. And if we worry and focus on money, well, but they're offering us $5 million. Okay, what are you going to do with it? I mean, really, what are you going to do with it? And then if you're taking the money, what's going to replace that vacant space that you just uh, de-occupied? Mm-hmm. Oh, an LGBTQ nightclub? Or just a series of condos for a lot of unchurched people? You know, what is the money for? What's the money going to get you? Yeah. You know, the only treasure we're going to have when we each of us individually pass on, the only treasure we're going to have are the, the jewels in our crown from the people that we've assisted getting up to heaven and joining us. The only real purpose for Christ coming to earth and dying and rising and saving us, the only purpose for that is for because God the Father... God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, wanted our company with them in heaven. And they want as much company as possible. We're not going to bring a brick building with us. We're not going to bring the 3.7 or 3.2 million that that church sold for. We're not going to bring that. We're going to bring souls. And we need to keep that as the only goal ahead of us. Well, I like the one thing you said that when we let Jesus in, then the solutions are right there. So whatever your financial problems are, church problems, attendance problems, I mean, whatever it is, if we will let Jesus in, if we will seek him and his will, not our will, not the worldly way, not the carnal way, then uh, I agree with you. The solutions are right there. And before we wrap up our time I will say you are with Share Healthcare. That's the nonprofit healthcare sharing ministry. It is one of these solutions that might be right there for folks. Uh, Share Healthcare's bought airtime on Wave 94. You've heard their ads. And so I want to just say that uh, how I want you to say how Share Healthcare might be the solution for people who are struggling with their health insurance costs, with their healthcare expenses. They're finding it a struggle. The prices keep going up. Uh, well, we said if you let Jesus in, the solutions can be right there. 
how might share healthcare right here, right now be the solution for someone in their budget problems and uh, their healthcare situation? Well, let me encourage them to go to sharehealthcare.com. Look it over, read all the various things and tabs that it has and see if it really is right for you. I, for pretty much every Christian, it's going to be. It might not fit everybody, so look it over, see if it is right for you. But it's a way of joining together with the body of Christ across the United States and across town, around your state, and joining together in a way that you aren't going to be able to any other way. I mean, where else are we going to be able to draw uh, from Amish to Zion Baptist and have well, all of us join in a similar activity month after month after month? And Christ in John 17, you know, the book of John at chapter 17, That's that was the res- that his ultimate prayer is that we would be unified. This also helps us be unified in our budget because, as I mentioned, it opens up that huge expanse of your budget between 349 a month and 2200 a month. And so that opens up, if you didn't have the money, well, good, then here's a, a way of dealing with it at only 349 uh, if you did have the money and you were, uh, you now have that disposable income, look how much more you have to give to your church if it needs repairs, or that you have to give to other ministries that that uh, are uh, wanting to help others who don't have the same opportunities that you do. Uh, it's just such a comfort knowing that there you are in in the will of God sharing with others, just as he asked us to do. He has all those one another scriptures that he asked us to do. And Doug, I, I, I'm so glad that you're able to pick out the important things from our messages that, as you pointed out, um, that you thought one of the most important things I just said was that Jesus is the solution. Mm-hmm. And when we open up the door, there's the solution right there in front of us. Well, what was it he had said? I am the way. You know, if you need to find a way, Jesus is the way. He is the solution. And that will change everything. Change it individually in your family. Change it individually in your town, your church, your state, your nation. If we just let him in and see that he is the solution, he is the way. Mm -hmm. So sharehealthcare.com, after you've perused the website and wrote down all your questions, then call 1-844-SHARE-HC. 1-844-SHARE-HC and then talk to the folks that answer with those questions you have. All right. Well, thank you very much. That's Mike Sharman with Share Healthcare. And for Wave 94, I'm Doug Apple.